Hello and welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here, joined once again by Francis Murphy. Hello Francis. Hello Steve, how's it going? It's a special day for you. 33rd birthday. Yep. Happy birthday, Fran. I, I don't know if a class is special anymore. No, I suppose not. It's I, another day, isn't it? Yeah. I think what's special is the fact that this thing is working. Yes. Yeah. We won't go into the entire detail of what the last two hours have been for us, but they've been trying, let's just say, and your mastery of problem-solving skills must be applauded. Uh, I would clap, but it won't sound good on an audio podcast. But uh, yeah, we had some difficulties um, trying to get the microphones working, the interface working, trying out cables, trying out the interface, trying out problem solving, updating drivers, you name it, we've done it. Well, it's nice when character traits that in social circumstances would be classed as really bad can actually be used for a, a benefit in other ways. I'm talking about the obsessive compulsive need to solve a problem yeah I would say out of the uh, the two of us you are the more tech you know confident one I've never been quite someone that I would say I'm a techie person I play my games and I know a bit about things but no I'm pretty hopeless especially when problems arise the hands go up the sweat in the forehead things like that well <laughs> but you're in your, you were in your element today so well done it's enjoyable it's fun um, it is I don't know it's just, it's just it, I, I honestly just put it down to obsessiveness the need to going on reddit and reading things yeah just being <laughs> being obsessed with, with uh, whatever I mean it could be anything it could be but it, it applies to you though this is a thing with you problem solving I think is one of your main attributes that I don't think you even give yourself enough credit for although you know, that being said I think your brother is good yes. at this as well he's yeah. someone who when we were working on music he would just obsessively he'd be honing a song right down getting the mix to the he'd be listening to it for hours seven eight hours on, on end until it was just perfect yeah my younger brother Mark Fran and Mark had a sort of uh, an act uh, as, as you know create a couple of albums uh, never performed them anywhere never yeah. did anything really with it but it was you know, hypertension go look yeah. it up um, did you know that I uh, I still I'm an admin for your group on ah. Facebook I still get requests from random like internet radio like uh, I don't know groups to play use play hypertension songs. Really? Yeah, it was, it was one I got like maybe I got a year ago. I was looking through my inbox and uh, I just noticed what that, radio was it? Oh, I can't remember. I need to check my my outlook. I think I deleted the email, but I could probably find it in my deleted items. Yeah. Wow. You do you realize they, probably would, just, they would pay for that? Yeah, I've probably just stopped because they asked for permission. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they may have paid, Steve. I know. And I'm a manager here, apparently. I know. I know. I'm highly disappointed. And I, I'm the worst manager in the world. It's just deleted the email. You know what? Maybe I'll. Yeah. Screw contacts. <laughs> Doesn't uh, matter. I'll look it up and uh, we'll maybe, maybe look do into some in- that. Do some investigation. Yeah. But. Uh, what was the other. Uh, the reason we actually went through this entire rigmarole was to uh, eventually talk about our next project, which is to... You're going to let me watch the Star Trek films. You're a big Trekkie. Is mm. that the right term? Yeah, um, and it's interesting that you use the words that I'll let you. <laughs> I've actually given up on trying to force you. So it's now got to the point where you've suggested it yourself, which was part of my scheme. This, I thought yeah. if I just wait long enough, eventually... There'll be a moment where Steve will somehow have to watch them. 
yeah the the for years you have tried uh to to make me watch these films any scenario you would come up with you know that's just like in a star trek you know you, you should really watch the star trek films <laughs> <laughs> no fran I, I had this thing built up but because that you forced it on me with most things i would then build up this sort of defense mechanism where i don't want to watch it so he instantly put me off it but now with the podcast and new ideas and, and the idea of bringing people on with the idea of watching something they're passionate about it's now the idea come up to watch these films give them the uh, the time of the day and uh, see what I think about them so I've not seen any Star Trek films apart from Nemesis which you showed me years ago which actually is one of the worst Star Trek films there is but I mean I don't know it's not the best but it's it's not memorable you could go and see Nemesis and come out and feel like you'd been in a fugue state you know I've heard that it has it's not the most um yeah inspirational or anything like that it has been kind of forgotten about i mean was that the last one before they did the reboot yeah right so and that says something aye, so. that usually is an indicator of something like that i've obviously watched the all the free reboot films um varying degrees of success there i would say hmm yeah they're all right i mean well actually the first one the 2000 i think i think that's popular opinion is that is the the, the sort of success of that that, that trilogy now because it doesn't look as if there's anything coming out well we could do a whole podcast on how much I hate Star Trek Into Darkness <laughs> um, and Star Trek Beyond actually was okay uh, that's again that, that aligns with um, a, a few journalists I follow on podcasts their opinions of that reboot is 2009 film great Into Darkness not so great and Beyond was a bit yeah well, it's actually quite lucky for Benedict Cumberbatch that it came out a number of years ago because if he'd been cast as Can today, he would have been pilloried by the media. I know. <laughs> so, you know, it kind of came in before a lot of that stuff was going on. I remember being outraged at the time because Can, um, he was played by a Latino guy in the original film, but the Latino guy was supposed to be, Can was supposed to be a Sikh. But I suppose you know in those days foreign was foreign so he had an accent and you know he wasn't you know he wasn't a white guy and I remember being really irritated when they cast Benedict Cumberbatch simply because of canon I thought this doesn't make any sense you know it, it doesn't does it how, no. how how could Benedict Cumberbatch is not a Latino guy yeah um, again I haven't not seen The Wrath of Can um, I don't didn't know anything about the character I just know he has some significance in the Star Trek lore but uh, yeah so I didn't it, none of those feelings impacted my watching of it I just felt the film was a bit uh, a bit average as an action film but having heard what Star Trek fans think about it I can see why there's some major issues with that film we'll obviously come to that because I think the project we're going to do is we're going to go through I think we should do every Star Trek film and yep. a little discussion, a little podcast on each of the films. And the thing is as well, what what we will realise, what you may realise about Star Trek and what you probably already know about a lot of other things is that we live in an age where there's a lot of style over substance now. There's, there's, if you look at movies these days, honestly, there's so much explosions and madness and, and just scenes um, that are just, just out of control, you know? Hmm. Um, I disagree slightly because I think you're talking about the blockbusters. You're talking about the fight of the uh, 
I'm talking about TV news. shows like Star Trek Discovery. Oh right, okay. So it's it, it bleeds out into other things. I mean, get I get it for your AAA blockbusters. I mean, Independence Day came out in 1996, and that was like that, right? Exactly. That was one of the first big ones like that. So it was really that was your big event film. But I um, think what the yours you're obviously. Um, you feel they've taken these Star Trek reboot films into this sort of new action blockbuster direction and it doesn't feel like it fits the source of what initially would well, made Star Trek popular, which was more of a serialised, introspective and, and science fiction stories. Well, I mean, look at it this way, More, right? more important things to say. Well, there was probably far more dramatic things happening in World War Two than any movie we've ever seen. I mean, it, there probably were people exploding and flying about, getting their arms and legs blown off everywhere, right? And, and people who saw that it would have been far more realistic and far more unbelievable than anything we've seen on a, a, a cinema screen, even in these new films, right? But let's say that you did a World War Two film today and it was all, you know... I, I don't think it's just the action. I think it's the kind of... A lot of it, there almost seems to be a breaking of the fourth wall in movies these days, where it feels like movies are self aware of the fact that they are movies, and there's a lot of scenes where a villain will say something or someone will come out, and there'll be a, a musical motif or some kind of line, and it, it just feels like trope after trope after trope. Well, I mean, again, that's not quite uh, a recent thing. Tarantino has been doing that his entire career. Tarantino yeah. has been riffing on other films for. His again, his entire career since the mid nineties. Yeah, but, is, but his Tarantino is, thing. But his is almost. Uh, I've always felt that Tarantino's was sort of. You go into a Tarantino film knowing that it's that that it's there's an unreal quality to it. There's, yeah, there's, it's hyper realized. There's this, you know. Yeah, oh, fair enough. But do you know what I mean? Whereas there are other films that you go in maybe without that, you're yanked out of it you're maybe yanked out of it by a moment uh, we're yeah. probably going we could do <laughs> Fran's, 50 podcasts Fran's cynical view on modern day films is an entire uh, separate podcast but there's I certain things like... I won't talk about anymore because I, I actually don't want to because it, it actually makes me depressed so it's yeah. probably best to look at old stuff because oh, it's yeah. just enjoyable yeah brings you back to that childhood era um optimism things like that when everything was new everything was fresh you didn't know what was riffing on what things like that i think that's it may be a sign that we're getting older that we're noticing these things because we're seeing so many films now youngsters don't yeah so that i think it might be that's why it's seen as when you're older you look back and so everything was better in my day you know well it was (laughs) so back to the subject of the star trek films so we're going to talk about the star trek motion picture now ah steven he's going to have to watch the trailer for star trek yeah. motion picture so this podcast is a mini podcast we're not doing a full podcast we'll be doing the full podcast next time once i've seen the film what we're going to do is watch the trailer right now come back and discuss just generally what i think this film might be like and you might be obviously a bit more insightful on it, have well, seen it? that being said i almost want the reaction to the trailer while it's on I, w- I want I want your comments I want you to ask quickly what is going on there why is it so slow what's happening right call it up call it on the screen let's let's do it let's do it I'm so excited I've never been so excited about Star Trek 1 Star Trek 1 is something that I watch to go to sleep at night on and within about 10-15 minutes I'm out like a light it's not I'm not kidding is it, uh, it's the original relaxing um, stress reducing sleep aid um, I mean, if they'd marketed the film like that, it would have been a massive success. 
It was a big success, actually. That was only because everybody went to see it in the first weekend. And then they were in a coma for about a month afterwards, so it had a bit of a cliff dive, shall we say. So now, I'm doing something that's called filler right now. I can tell. So you're doing well. Uh, I mean, you don't want dead air. Exactly. I mean, you do know on a podcast, we can just edit it out. I know, but I, I don't believe in that. I believe in the reality of what we're saying, even though this has been cunningly edited to sound natural. So now the trailer is showing. This film, when did this film come out, Fran? Do you know? Oh my god, is that the... Uh, I think it was 1979. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, that imagery looks actually pretty cool, I'd say. Well, the graphics aren't too bad. Got a love Shatter and Scotty, yeah. I'm actually looking, really looking forward to seeing this. Looks like Chris Pine. Now, how much of the TV show should I have seen at this point? Well, they kind of designed the films to be a soft reboot so you could watch it straight away, but the good thing about it is you can actually... Now, that, that sound effect has changed, thankfully, in the film. But you can actually... Um, a lot of people would go back and watch the original show because of the films. They were quite intrigued to see these characters who are in their 50s and well, 60s probably, when they're young. That's probably why films are brought out because uh, it gets awareness well, to a bigger, bigger mind, audience. William Shatner and these guys, they played their characters from 1967 to 1990. Well, my God, Leonard Nimoy played Spock up till 2009. Yeah, an amazing achievement. You don't achievement. get that length of time, usually. No. Uh, Film-wise, Logan, uh, yeah. Wolverine. Yeah, Hugh, I saw that. Hugh, Hugh Jackman played him in 2000 and finished in 2017. <laughs> I mean that is dated that final shot yeah that is uh, yeah I'm, I'm intrigued <laughs> some good imagery I mean yeah alright 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 Wise uh, Robert Wise very famous I think he did um, what was it Robert Wise did it wasn't um, The Sound of Music was it I don't know, I'm afraid I'm a little, uh, like that. little ignorant to the... Uh, it was some sort of massive, like, massively successful film. In fact, crazily enough, in Star Trek VI, the main villain is played by Christopher Plummer, who is one of the main characters in The Sound of Music. So there were some quite big names that were drawn into... I mean, you had... Um, uh, who is it that played the professor in Back to the Future? Uh, Christopher Lloyd. He's a baddie in one of the Star Trek films. Oh, really? Star Trek III. Oh, he'd be great. Okay, yeah. Um, well, what we'll do is, I think, um, once we've watched all of these films and done our own little review of them, I think it'll be good to do a ranking at the end of where we where we collectively see the Star Trek films from best to worst or a top ten or something. Yeah. I love that uh, idea of uh, a final review, a final listing of them. So have you, have you got any... What are your preconceptions about Star Trek then well, at the moment? What do you know about Star Trek? Especially, well, think about the original series. Because bear in mind, we've got six original series films and then four next generation films. Was there not a film that was the two of them? That, that was the seventh one, yeah. Right. Uh, the original series I watched as a kid. I remember episodes, like, not episodes, but, you know, just moments. 
uh, mostly Shatner and, and Spock on like different planets and mingling usually with attractive female aliens um, for whatever reason uh, yeah the early stuff I don't really remember a lot I know the characters Scotty and um, McCoy uh, Uhura mm-hmm. <laughs> really reaching into my Star Trek knowledge just pulling out phrases now um, what's the little tech they use what's the, like the tricorders and all that and oh, the communicators communicators yeah, yeah well those were the basis of mobile phones that we flipped yeah I feel like had. yeah a lot of this, the tech now is probably not that impressive we've got a lot of it we just need somebody to be able to send themselves <clears> across <throat> the world well to be able to beam up and beam down that's the main thing we haven't figured out yet but what's interesting is let's take for example here's the thing that you'll get from Star Trek right that you don't often get from other things right now let's take Scotty right so when you watch the original series you see Scotty and he must be in his early 40s and you you follow Scotty through up all the way up until he's in fact Scotty appears in the next generation um, What this isn't a non-spoiler because it's got nothing to do with the movies but um, after all the movies were done Scotty then decides to retire and he goes off on a ship but that ship crashes and Scotty has to through some technical wizardry kind of puts himself in stasis and then about 70 years later he's found by the Enterprise of Picard and then he's brought back on board so he's about in in real terms he's about maybe late 70s at this point and he's on the new Enterprise with Picard and all that and all of his friends are dead and he feels useless and all of this stuff's too advanced for him right and he goes on the holiday and he calls up the old bridge of the Enterprise from the 60s and he sits there and he's got you know some whiskey or whatever it is and he's you know and it's just this empty bridge and he's just say says a little thing to everybody who's not there. And the thing about that is that anybody who'd watched all of the original series and all of the movies and then all the way through to that point and you're seeing this guy in his late seventies, you actually you feel almost like it could be your grandfather. You've got this relationship with that mm-hmm. character then and you feel genuinely sad for him. Yeah. You know? That's a great uh, that's a great idea. You know, and, and that's a, a journey there. I mean, Spock in the... When you watch Star Trek 1, 2, 3, and 4, you're watching the same Spock character in the same continuity as the one that you saw in Star Trek 2009, the old guy. That is the same physical Spock character that's gone through a journey to get there. You're watching parts of that. So you don't really get that in a lot of other stuff. Yeah. I mean, in Star Wars, you get characters... You've seen a bit of it with, like, Han and Leia and Luke coming back, but... I think it's a bit less It's not day to day yeah, because we've really only seen Han in now what four films. Ah, uh-huh. whereas it's not with, quite the same. Well, that's the thing. I mean, there's hundreds of hours of characters. I mean, one of the other ones in the Next Generation was Worf. He played Worf for seven years in Next Generation, four years in Deep Space Nine, and four movies. So yep. he played that character. Uh, went from being a young sort of ensign all the way up to being like a commander. Um, uh, went through peacetime. And then wartime, got married, lost his wife. His wife died. Oh, this is going to be you some know? major spoilers. So, if, I ever, if we ever do the television... You're, you're not going to remember all of it. You'll be all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll use the men in black thing on you at the end yeah. of this podcast. <laughs> but that's the thing is that you're... There's a richness to Star Trek that comes from... The only thing that you have to do to enjoy Star Trek is to invest. Once you've invested in it, if it's piqued your interest and you've got invested, then you're going to want to look at it all. You know, it's just one of those things that's like that. I think it helps 
and I agree with you because it's kind of the impression I get from other people I've spoken to. I think it helps when you're younger and you can soak all of that in mm. because there's a lot to the lore and the different fiction and canon and things and things like that. The, not, I'm guessing books and um, all the toys and things like that help in your imagination. The way it was for me with Star Wars because that is how that impacted me so much getting kind of exposed to Star Wars as a brand, as a franchise at a younger age through computer games and the books and comics and, and sticker books, everything. And I think it helps when you're younger because then there's so much to Star Trek that you then remember it all. Whereas maybe an adult, it might not be quite as impactful. Actually, interestingly enough, there is there's a lot of lore to Star Trek. It's a different kind of lore. Star Wars, I'd say there's probably orders of magnitude more lore for Star Wars than Star Trek. Okay. But it's side lore. So it's lore about civilizations and planets and things like that and millions of side characters and little things hidden there. Whereas with Star Trek there's a lot of lore but it's packed into a group of characters that are quite small. Really. It's like with Star Trek you've got what four or five or six series going on and it's four or five or six families basically mm-hmm. and and that's who you know about so you know that that's basically what the lore is that's the that's the type of lore that's there um you, by the end of all this you'll feel like you know the characters in star trek better than a lot of characters you'll have seen in other things okay because you'll go through things well, like i suppose it's the the focus of star trek is usually on the enterprise and its crew so you're uh-huh. really with that crew that cast aren't you for the an entire series mm-hmm. Star Wars is a different planets different uh, factions and there's obviously a focus on central characters but you, it's there's also some significance given to size noodles and you know mm-hmm. all the books have created like this whole cantina books and things mm-hmm. like that because they were just given a second 10 seconds mm-hmm. of uh, in the films but they were somehow impactful to people in that way whereas star trek has a big focus on its main cast on that enterprise mm-hmm. for that series but it's also the human side of it because star wars i, I love star wars but star wars isn't isn't human really it's in another galaxy and it's not in our history but it doesn't deal with it like maybe it does it's trying i think it's trying to now i think it's Uh trying with it rogue one tried to really uh bring a great area in and a bit more like take it out of the black and white of fantasy um that star star wars is evil versus good um well i mean i'm i'm talking about things like um, and again it's the long drawn out stuff of like say Captain Kirk for example you see him as a 35 year old youngest captain in Starfleet um, extremely arrogant and full of himself um, doesn't make time for relationships other than effectively one night stands and then as he gets older he's on his own gets into middle age um, accepts a promotion to admiral and feels like he's he's not out there doing anything important anymore um, has a crisis on his 50th birthday finds out he's got a son he didn't know about then that son well I'll not, I'll not say but there's there's stuff there that you know and he's having a conversation with a woman they're both in their 50s talking about when they had they'd obviously slept together 20 years previously as a one off and this child's come from that and and you know this insecurity about getting older there's a character that you've actually watched go from being 35 to 50 and that's only halfway through 
Yeah. yeah. And then from 50 on to being a legend, like mm-hmm. to being someone who, who's people talk about in, in Starfleet Academy and they say, well, they read about all the adventures of Kirk. They say that to him. So you're seeing someone go right the way through. In fact, with Kirk, you see him from his prime through to his death on screen. So there's, you know, the, but there's the, uh, these are things that all of us can understand. We understand what it's like to feel that we're at our peak. We understand what it's like to get older. We know what it's like to have surprises and unexpected things happen and have regrets and feel like we've made wrong decisions. That's a, that's a character there. A character, a very real character. And I think the dynamics as well that Star Trek probably created were maybe more a bit more interesting in terms of the Spock and Kirk relationship and the duality of the two personalities. Yeah. Well, there was the triumvirate. Ah, well, yeah. Spock, right. McCoy, and Kirk. Well, yeah. It was like the Trinity. Uh-huh. I think there's more emphasis, though, on Spock and Kirk, though. I feel like those two really, they were so different from each other. But yeah, I'm looking forward uh, to bring it back. I'm looking forward to, to going through this process. Yeah. And to seeing what ones I prefer, if I like them all, whatever, you know. Uh, I know there's some rocky ones, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting. I know that one of them's a bit silly. They go back to Earth and stuff like that. Well, that one's actually was one of the be- best oh, really? ones. Oh, really? Uh, generally, the rules. When I heard about it, I just, I just thought of the Red Dwarf episode, Back to Earth, <laughs> and I just cringed instantly. Well, the, the rule with Star Trek tends to be odd numbered bad. Well, it, that's it's not, changed with the reboot. Yeah. Um, but each one of them, I mean, even Star Trek V is classed as one of the worst ever of all time. And um, I find it hard to watch that film. But there's, there's, there are a number of character moments in that film that are excellent, even there. So. You this know, is a good uh, way to. We're sort of just broadly covering the films and our sort of thoughts on them this is kind of the, what this podcast is about mm. um, this will be good to, once we get really ingrained into the, each film we'll do a, an episode on each I think that'll probably cover today I would say um, not much more to say Aye. well uh, so the next time you hear from us after I've watched the first Star Wars Trek the motion picture film did you nearly say Star Wars Star then? Wars the motion oh, picture yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be interesting yeah it takes Luke 10 years to get over Tatooine <laughs> And then just see very long two-hour shots of him staring at the sun. That's a bit of an indie film, a strange one. Cannes Film Festival loved it, though. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that'll do it for today, Fran. Happy birthday. Happy birthday sign-off. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, spending time with your family today, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm getting picked up in about half an hour or something. And then I'm going to go back and probably eat some cake. And then... Um, chill sounds good I'll be editing a podcast alright then thank you very much see you take care bye bye bye